0: Welcome to the Life in the Red podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star, your source for Husker news, analysis, and more. From football in the fall to recruiting in the summer, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Bassinet, Parker Gabriel, and Stephen M. Sippel.
1: Life in the Red podcast. I'm Chris. There's Parker. There's Steve. It's Oklahoma week. It's 3 p.m. on Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. Just a few days from heading down to Norman to watch the Huskers and Sooners rekindle the the classic rivalry, the 50th anniversary year of the game of the century in 1971. What year was that? What year was that? 1971. Parker. 1971. 50 years ago, 25
0: year old man back then. Sipple was just into his 30s at that point. Young
1: adult. <laughs> what what is hey, wrong with you? Immediate immediate disparagement. I'm actually. Go ahead. No, no I was go just ahead. gonna say, I'm, I'm actually watching the the replay of the seven, of the game of the century on YouTube as I'm working on my scouting report this afternoon. Are, are you really? They got like the they got like the like the condensed version of it where they cut out all the commercials and stuff. So it's like forty minutes long. So Nebraska's driving late in the fourth quarter, down thirty-one twenty-eight right now. Watch watch the watch the big running back for Nebraska, Jeff Kinney. He's a bull. He's been bowling through guys in the second half. <laughs> he didn't find a lot of room in the first half. He's been bowling through guys. The jerseys. What is Patterson. you? What is YouTube? What is YouTube? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. What is this YouTube you speak of? What is this internet you're talking about? <laughs>
0: it looks like they got a big wall at scooters there. Maybe you can get the old projector up and, and watch it on the wall. Hey,
2: hey, get a so, real free- <clears throat> hey, so far, Baz and Parker, no, yeah. no blender yet.
0: No yeah, blender I know. We're like yet. two minutes in.
1: It's early. Yeah. It's early. Well, let's get moving. We got to, we- obviously, this is a, a fascinating week. It's been a week that's been anticipated for a long time since this game was put on the schedule back in 2012 by then AD Tom Osborne and an Oklahoma AD Joe Castiglione maybe not the the spice in this matchup that we were all hoping for nine years ago with where these two teams are at right now, obviously Oklahoma's held a end of the deal. Number three in the country, Nebraska two and one, hasn't really played anybody yet. They're not great on offense, three touchdown underdogs, essentially in this game beat up uh, at some key spots. And I think that's a good place to start just with the injury situation for Nebraska. They've got some guys that they could really use in this game uh, that, either went out of the game uh, against Buffalo, didn't play against Buffalo, haven't played yet this year. So I guess, Parker, do we kind of have an idea where Nebraska might stand on that front as far as getting some of those guys back for Oklahoma?
0: Yeah, so the five offensive skill players that were out by the end of the game against Buffalo uh, were the, the two top tight ends, Austin Allen and Travis Vokalek, and then three of the top, say, 0 5 receivers, uh, Omar Manning, Oliver Martin, and Xavier Betts. Um Vokalek hasn't played all year. Uh, He was hurt in camp. It looks like it's a left ankle foot injury. He had a heavy wrap on it. He worked out before the game on Saturday. Uh, So did Casey Rogers, who's one of the key guys on defense that's missed the whole year so far. Um, Not a skill guy, but Brock Bando also in that conversation, one of their maybe top seven or eight uh, offensive linemen. Um, In terms of the skill guys, it's seen, Matt Lubick, you know, he, he's hopeful that they get all of them back. Frost wouldn't rule any of them out. I think it's a little easier to tell where the guys are who have missed more than just part of the Buffalo game. Uh, Vokalek and Martin both seem like they're really close. And 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 um, Matt Lubick on Tuesday said as much. I mean, he said they thought they were hoping that Oliver Martin was going to play last week and then he ended up not. Um I'd be a little surprised. It's just a hunch and sort of watching how guys are moving and all that. I guess I'd be mildly surprised if those guys didn't play against Oklahoma. It sort of seemed like, you know, it's always up to the medical staff to say this guy can play or he can't. Um, But I guess the best way I know how to put it is like, if they were being cautious with those guys, that caution was probably to try to get them ready for this game or in position to be back for this game. And then um, Omar Manning had a boot on his left foot. Don't think that's serious, but it'll just be a matter of if he's he's ready to go. And then with Austin Allen, I mean, when you have a head injury, like he did against Buffalo is a pretty clear set of things that you got to pass through uh, to get back on the field, Savior your bets, took a shot to the midsection ribs. Um, you know, we'll see with both of those guys, I'm not sure it'd be a pleasant it'd be pleasant development for Nebraska if all five of them played but I think you'll see at least some of them back on Saturday what do you think simple well I it's really interesting Uh, I think you're right about both black
2: it seems like it's trending towards that it's interesting what you said about Oliver Martin the only insight I additional insight I would give you is when we were standing on the sideline at the end of the Buffalo game, he walked by us with a you know sleeve on his right knee, and I Parker, I was kind of struck by his limp. Yes. He, he he limped by us, which is I don't know. It's probably I mean, he had a limp, which I guess concerned me a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I I think that here is what I think. I mean, it's a, it, to me, first of all, it's a fascinating discussion because. If you had all five guys, I would look at this game differently. I, I, I. If you took five, if you took Oklahoma's top five skill position guys, as far as receivers and tight ends, off their roster, I would look at Oklahoma differently. I'd say, oh well, this is interesting. They're not going to have five guys that they're counting on. Um, so it's a huge story. It's a huge story in up. I mean, it'll be one of the most most newsworthy warm ups we watch all year,
0: yeah.
1: That's what I yep.
2: say. I, yeah, I, it's it's I, 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 go ahead, Bass. Go ahead. Go no,
1: on. it's interesting too because, yeah. like, obviously, you want all your, all your best guys available if you can, but and obviously, you want to try and win the game. But do you do you risk pushing somebody to come back for a game in which you're a three touchdown underdog, too? You know, are you going to throw? Travis vocal out there if you know if he's maybe the maybe he's doing one of those five that comes back on Saturday let's say is it is it worth pushing him a little bit just to get him out there just in case you that maybe puts you over the top as a three touchdown dog i don't know i don't know i'm just yeah
0: well, well not only not only is it that because you're a three touchdown underdog i mean i don't think is going to say well we don't have much of a chance. So let's be cautious with these guys, but it doesn't count in the league standings. I mean, I think that's part of the, you know, you're, you're gearing up for four straight weeks of big 10 play uh, coming out of Oklahoma before you've got a bye week and after Oklahoma, the last seven on the schedule, obviously are all, all conference games. So, or last eight on the schedule are all conference games. So that's the, that's the one to me is like, yeah, you want to have the full deck and you want to have Allen and Vokalek and, and Manning and Betts and and Martin, Um, but you you need them against Michigan State. You need them against Northwestern and Michigan and Minnesota um, if you want to try to, you know, be in position to be in contention in the West and and get to where you want to be this year. So, um, you know, it's a a balancing act, obviously, and we'll see if that caution with those guys. I think there's no doubt about the fact that, you know, I don't think there was much temptation – to rush anybody back against Fordham or Buffalo, and then we'll just see where that all falls uh, this week. Yeah.
2: The only thing I'd add is if I were a player and you're getting ready to play the third ranked team in the country on national TV, I'd want to play. I mean, I'd yeah. be like, this, this is what I'm, this is why I even, this is why I agree there. I mean, I. I this is what I came, this is what I trained all year round for is an opportunity like this. So I know if I were a player, I'd be like, okay, I don't care what is going on playing the game. All right. So I guess there's a balance. And I think from a player's perspective, you don't want to hear, well, we want to be cautious with you because we're starting big 10 play. I'd be like, what? I mean, this yeah. is Oklahoma. This is Oklahoma.
1: I mean, yeah. You want to, you want to be cautious with me? No, I want to play. You know yeah you're you're exactly right ship I mean players players want to play players play gotcha. you know that As a player yourself yeah. players play
0: players play um, <laughs> <right now.
1: laughs> yeah just it, like you guys say it's probably it's one of the bigger storylines going into this thing is huge huge the health, of, the health of Nebraska I guess just you know look at looking overall at this game and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this but it is the fiftieth anniversary of the game of the century. There's going to be a lot of nostalgia for people of a certain vintage um, going into this game. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of why are you laughing, simple? And um, the age? No, no, but there is. And you know, I'm 41. I think I think the nostalgia part of it's kind of cool. You know, and remember watching the games in the 80s and whatnot. And Simply, you go back a little further than that. But, you know, it's. I was just, there for the 59 game. I was. Yeah you, were there, yeah, you were there when they beat Bud Wilkinson's team yeah. uh, to, in the 74 game streak. Yeah, we all know that. Our, you know, yeah, team. it was on Thanksgiving. It was a homecoming game. Yeah. But I guess let's just maybe dive into that a little bit, you know. And it's, it's funny. I wrote a story earlier this week. The players obviously have very little to no idea of the history of it. Other than you know, Luke Reimer guessing the game of the century was either in the '60s or the '70s, which drew a chuckle from the the gathered media. You know, a lot of all these guys were born in 2000 or later, basically, so they're all around 10. The last time Nebraska and Oklahoma even played a game against each other, so there it's it's kind of an interesting you know dichotomy between the the old the old guard, the old school that wants to see this, and that the people actually participating in the game, the players who have next to nothing to do with the rivalry. Yeah, what.
2: Yeah, from the nostalgia standpoint, I mean, one thing that, I mean, it's really, it'll be, it'd be interesting if you could be down there, is there's going to be a ton of ex-players from both sides. Um, there's a, there's an OU alumni event on Friday night, and right down the street from that OU alumni event, Joe Washington, who's, I don't know, a rough equivalent of Johnny Rogers of the of Oklahoma is holding his own event a lot of Nebraska guys um, from the great teams um, and a lot of Oklahoma guys then there's a golf tournament on Monday that they play in in Tulsa so you're going to see a lot of a lot of the all-time great Nebraska and Oklahoma players down there if you're down there and that's cool I mean the one thing they a lot of the guys I, I talked to Joe Washington this week and they what they sort of emphasize is First of all, he had a good line. He said, "You know, we're not really celebrating this game. It's it's sort of a chance to it's a chance for us to celebrate being around each other. Um, so it's that it's a very it was a very respectful rivalry. But Joe makes an important Joe Washington makes an important distinction. I said, so you'd say it's a friendly rivalry. It was a friendly rivalry. He said, no, no, no. I'm not saying it's a friendly rivalry. It wasn't always friendly, but it was always respect. Um, So there's that. I think that's a really important distinction.
1: That's my two cents. Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, And I'll, I'll drop a little a little nugget for you guys here. I talked to Tom Osborne yesterday just about, you know, his thoughts on the rivalry. He was the AD at Nebraska when these games were put on the schedule back in 2012. And, and he kind of said something similar to what Joe Washington said. You know, there's obviously the generation today maybe doesn't care as much, but, you know, guys like Tom Osborne, Barry Switzer, all those players are going to be watching intently. There's a great interest there. It it maybe doesn't mean as much now, you know, the fragmentation of conferences, Oklahoma going one direction, Nebraska going another. And, And just, I thought Tom was very, it was, it was, it wasn't any groundbreaking information, but he really did a good job of putting it in perspective, you know, talk about the, the respect and the rivalry uh like you just did sip. It's, it's clear that that respect is there on both sides and that's, it's just, it's just a, it was a different time in, in college football. Those, those two schools were, you know, that 71 game drew 55 million television viewers. You know, it was, it was, it was the, it was the game that, that weekend, it was anticipated that weekend and it's, it's maybe not quite like that anymore. So yeah, there's, I think that part of it's, it's interesting and there's, there's certainly a very large place for that in all of this. And let's face it. That's a big part of why this game was put together, but at the same time, there's that other side of it too, where, like we said, Nebraska's players were 10 years old the last time they played some of these players, parents don't consider the 71 game that that big of a deal, you know, if we're being honest and probably the same for Oklahoma too. So it's going to be interesting to see that, that kind of cross section that history kind of meeting the present and, We don't have to spend any more time on it now, but it's just kind of interesting.
2: Well, it was one thing I'd note. I I think you could you could look this up pretty easily. I don't think any game of recent vintage drew fifty five million
1: viewers. Yeah, games don't draw that. They don't draw that. Think about it in nineteen seventy one too, when not not near as many people had a television set in their house. You know, it it was just a different time too. It's an astronomical number of people that that watched that game. So yeah, my
2: grandma had
0: one.
2: My grandma had
1: one. I, I watched it on her TV.
0: And there you go. No. Sure. Yeah. It's crazy too. I mean, and again, we, you could spend a whole podcast just on this, but you know, Oklahoma outbound from the Big Twelve. I mean, it's it's um, it's an old Big Eight and Big Twelve rivalry uh, among from in two schools who I mean, one's been out of the league for a decade, and the other is on its way out. You know, it's, it's just amazing how much the sports changed, um, not just in the last mm-hmm. fifty years. But in the last 10, it is funny. I was reading BC, uh, Brian Christopherson tweeted the link to the Dan Jenkins gamer from the game of the century. One of the great, one of the great SI stories ever written. There's a beautiful line in there from that 71 game about how each team tried to take away the top weapon, top weapons or best thing that the other team did. But he said, but as is the case in modern football, you can't take away every one of the opponent's weapons at modern offensive football. I just thought that was amazing. That was like, that was, that was written 50 years ago. Yeah. It was like, Oh, well, modern, was, yeah. modern football offense is rule, man. And you would say the same thing now
1: yeah. years later, when, like, when one yep. team was running the wishbone and the other team was yep. running the, the I formation yep. back then. So, well, let's move on. It's a good segue. Nebraska, of course, won the game of the century, 35, 31, went on to win the national title. Fast forward 50 years, Nebraska at Oklahoma again. Nebraska decided underdog. The Huskers win Saturday if what happens? Either. Go ahead, I'll Parker. Go ahead, Parker.
0: Well, I think, I mean, Nebraska's defense is going to have to, it would have to be a statement game for Nebraska's defense. I mean, I think that's first and foremost. Um, and I'll try not to be all encompassing here because you guys. I mean, yeah, of course, if they play brilliantly on defense and score a bunch of points on offense and dominate special teams like that's sure that that'll get it done. But I, I think to me, the defense, you have to probably take the football away a couple of times from Oklahoma. Um, you know, Tulane took it away twice. Um, and, and conversely, you know, Oklahoma turned three Tulane turnovers into nine points, you know, they didn't really capitalize on, on when Tulane turned the ball over. So to me, like Nebraska's defense has to take the football away. If Spencer Rattler throws Nebraska the ball, which he's done occasionally through two interceptions against Tulane, seven of his nine interceptions uh, last year, or no, excuse me, five of his seven interceptions last year um, came in the first three big 12 games they played. Um, So conference type game, you know, you, you've got to take advantage of that. And then, you know, I think the, the, the way that to sort of stick on, on defense here, the way that Nebraska's defense can get some help from its offense is if it looks a little bit like it did last week. I mean, last week wasn't a brilliant offensive performance by Nebraska by any stretch of the imagination, but they did a good job of keeping the defense in in plus situations. I mean, that that muffed punt or the, the botched fair catch fumble that when, when Buffalo got the ball back right there, that was the only time that they started a possession outside their own 25-yard line. Other than that, like even in the instances where Nebraska had to punt, you know, they didn't dominate the time of possession. They didn't score a ton of points. They didn't always go 50 yards on offense, but they did a good job of every time they punted or every time they, you know, had to give the ball up, uh, Buffalo started deep in its own territory, and if you can make Oklahoma have to go the length of the field every time or almost every time, this is a good enough defense where they might get their fair share of stops. And if you get your fair share of stops, at least you're in the game. And you need Adrian Martinez to make a couple of big plays from there. Okay, Baz, I'll keep it really short. I'll tell you what. What is it? Is Nebraska
2: wins if what? Nebraska if wins what? if
1: if yeah. What?
2: It, how does? Okay, Nebraska I'll give you. I'll give you a, the Nebraska wins if what and if this happens, I'll also I'll also faint in my chair and I'll have to come to and write about. It. If Cam Taylor Britt returns a punt for a touchdown, Nebraska Whoa. will win the game. Whoa. Because because how could they not, if that happens, yeah, in the game of the century?
1: Right. That would be or the, I amazing, mean the yeah.
2: 50th anniversary.
1: Yeah. What if he returns a pump for a touchdown about three and a half minutes into the game? Like Johnny uh, Rodgers? Yeah. and there's a controversial clipping non-call that, that helps Nebraska.
2: <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. You would have to pour cold water on my face. We'd be getting the revive. smelling
0: salts out even more. But yeah, than you I'd, have, I'd have to slap snap. you probably.
2: Yeah, that would be fine. All right. That's what go, I'm saying.
1: Don't. Yes. I agree with, if he does that, they will win. There it is. Nebraska can, doesn't have to play a perfect game. To win they need to play clean uh, you know it's and it's the stuff we talk about every week don't turn it over in your own end don't set Oklahoma up with short fields don't make it any easier for them than it's already going to be Oklahoma's averaging 49 points per game at home under Lincoln Riley since Lincoln Riley took over 49 points say per game. That again. really yeah it's 49 it's around 49 to like 11 ish is the average score at home for Oklahoma since Lincoln Riley took over they're going to score like, Pretty good. You know, they're going to score. Uh, don't make it any easier for them than it has to be. And Parker kind of touched on that. Keep your defense in plus situations. Avoid the catastrophic punt return, fumble, kickoff, fumble, whatever it may be. Avoid the turnovers on offense in your own end. Give yourself a chance. And, you know, if you can shorten the game with your running game a little bit and give Adrian Martinez time to make a couple big plays, that's that's probably how you do it. You know, I think that's I think that's the formula. It's not really a big secret or anything like that. You've got to play mostly mistake free. And look, Tulane didn't play mistake free. Like Parker said, he turned it over three times. And Oklahoma only got nine points out of it. So you hold Oklahoma to a couple of field goals instead of a couple of touchdowns, especially early. When that crowd's gonna be charged up, it's gonna be an electric atmosphere. You withstand that wave. Okay, we're in it. Let's go. So that, that's what it is for Nebraska. They can't hurt themselves, and they they just got to get it to the the fourth quarter, playing mistake free football. I wonder.
2: Basketball. I wonder. I wonder if the crowd will be charged up. I mean, Ohio State when we went there in 2018, it was not charged up. I mean, it was no. a, that was a sleepy atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I wondered that that I think the 11 a.m. kickoff works in Nebraska. State. Um, it's true. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well. Anything else you want to touch on? Should we make some predictions and get out of here? That was better. Let's make some predictions. I'll I'll predict first. Oklahoma, 22 ish point favorite, I think. I think they win by 21. I think it's 41 20. I think the offense is just too good. You know, Nebraska plays. I think Nebraska acquits itself pretty well, but I just don't think they have the offense to keep up, you know. And I think Oklahoma hits hits a big play that kind of maybe stretches it out a little more than Nebraska one. So I'll say Oklahoma 41, Nebraska 20. Parker,
0: yeah, right, right in the same ballpark. the The hive mind is in full effect this season. I'll give you one more stat on the scoring front uh, okay. for Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley, of course, he was the offensive coordinator for two years before he took over as head coach, but he's been the head coach uh, since 2017. 55 games he's coached in. They're 47 and eight overall. They've scored 40 plus in 36 out of 55 games since he's been the head coach. So 66% of the time. Uh, and they've scored 50 plus uh, 19 times. I don't think they'll get 50, but I they're 33 and three when they hit 40 under Lincoln Riley. And I think they'll hit it on the number. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say uh, Oklahoma 40, Nebraska 23.
2: So thirty six times they've hit forty under O'Reilly out of fifty five games.
0: Yep, they're not bad when they don't get it. I mean they're 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 thirty three and three when they score forty under him, but when they don't, they're fourteen and five. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's
2: forty seven and eight.
0: So, um, let's see.
2: Yeah, I guess I haven't really pondered the score till right now. I, I'm going to say they come up just short of forty. I, now, that will be dependent on Nebraska's offense not having a, a bushel of three and outs. Um, I'll say 37 to 17. 37
0: to 17. That's it. it 37 to 17. Didn't you uh, – not, not, um, we all got the Illinois game wrong. Isn't that the score that you picked for the Illinois
2: game? Yeah, I like Nebraska to beat Illinois by 20. So, when I pick a score, everybody keep that in context. I thought I Nebraska to beat Illinois by
0: 20. I didn't I also, bring that up to point out that you got that wrong because we all did. I, I brought it up to point out that you've picked the 37, 17 decision twice. So far in three weeks, which I appreciate. I think you should pick it every week. Just decide which team is going to
1: win. 37, yeah. 17. I'm not going to I'm not going to make fun because I went two and eight in our predictions in week one of the regular season. I already played myself out of our, of our pick skin picking
0: game. Hey, it's a long season. Mm-hmm. Bass. Yeah. It's got to get Don't it. Give up.
1: It is a long season. All right, guys, it's going to be a fun trip. Uh, Nebraska to Oklahoma, 11 a.m. Saturday down in Norman. We'll hit the road Friday afternoon. We'll have plenty of coverage for you. Husterextra.com, journalstar.com. Be sure to check it all out. And so, until then, we'll talk to you soon.